Welcome to the Side Hustlepreneur Podcast, where business, faith, and inspiration connect to all things side hustle related. My name is Faye, aka the Side Hustlepreneur, and I created this platform for everyday individuals like you to learn how to monetize their God-given skills and talents. So gather around, turn up your volumes, and let's get started. What's going on, Side Hustle family? Happy Wednesday. This week, I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Raro Lay. She is a media personality where she's interviewed multiple celebrities while she's also partnered with various brands to help promote their products. And she also has a skin and hair care company called Selfful. So on today's episode, Raro shares the tools that she used to secure top interviews with celebrities, the strategies for building brand partnerships, the main things you need to be doing to stand out in the market, and so much more. You guys already know my guests come with the gem. So go ahead and turn up your volumes, get ready to take some notes, and let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, you guys. So I am super excited that I have somebody um, who I think you guys will truly enjoy um, an interview with. You have probably seen her interviewing some super great um, celebrities and popular celebrities. She has been, um, I would like to call her a micro-influencer, where she has worked with some really great brands. And I'm sure you've seen her all over Instagram, among some other places. And today I have Rara with me. So how are you? Hey, I am good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Side Hustlepreneur podcast. So um, for those of you guys who are tuning in for the first time, each and every second Wednesday, I like to highlight a female entrepreneur who is out here killing it, whether it is their full-time business or they're doing it on the side. And so um, today we have Raro and she's going to talk a little bit about who she is. So Before we get started, one of the things that um, we do on the podcast, I don't read bios. So I prefer to allow the person to gas themselves while I call it gassing themselves up. And basically what that means is I want you to introduce yourself in the most unapologetic way ever and just tell us who you are, what you do, your, if you want to highlight your accomplishments, you can feel free to do that. But yeah, go ahead and tell everybody who you are. Wow. Okay. Yes. So hilarious because I suck at doing these <laughs> um, and so yes my name is Rara Lay and I guess I'll start with my media side so uh, I own my own media agency which I started um, wow about six years ago now and originally I started it because when I was applying to a lot of different tv stations radio stations I couldn't get the job because I didn't have enough experience And so I knew I still wanted to do it. So I went ahead and I created my own media blog. And from there, I went on to basically, um, after a lot of work going into it, um, just working on the same red carpets as these same companies that didn't hire me originally. But now I do work with them as like a guest moderator and guest host. But focusing on bridging the gap between African entertainment and Western entertainment. So focusing about the beautiful things about both cultures, both music. Um, Originally, it had a lot of media 
gossipy aspects to it but um Mm -hmm. i have since then transitioned more so into just doing celebrity interviews highlighting the different talents and just really showcasing the beauty of both cultures and um so still doing that but this last year um i officially launched my brand selful which is a lifestyle brand dedicated to putting yourself first and being selfful selfful a lot of times people think that putting themselves first is selfish and I kind of want to just get away from that narrative because I always say and I was taught that you cannot pour from an empty cup so from the lifestyle brand focusing on that but then also with our hair and skincare products um, which I do hand make myself uh, just really focusing on not just coding the issue but really penetrating both um from your hair follicles to your skin barrier and really healing whatever issues from within. And so throughout the entire brand, our mission is really healing from within and making sure you're not just coding over the issues. Um, when I am not doing media and entertainment um, and working on Selful, I am also a proposal manager for a business consulting firm where I work with a lot of different um federal agencies uh just really getting those contracts out of the way so your girl is busy (laughs) (laughs) I see but it's amazing and I think it's cool because you highlight um you touch so many different areas of business and you know we'll jump into that and just kind of talk about how you balance that but I think it's so interesting that you're able to like cover different arenas but I think it was also kind of hilarious that you said like you know in the beginning where you were trying to get into all these companies to do what it is that you do now and they didn't hire you. So you went out and just did it yourself yeah. and now you're working alongside of right. them, you know? So I think it's so cool how like life works and whatnot, Absolutely. but okay. So what does, you know, you have, obviously you have multiple side hustles yeah. because you know, you're doing self full, you're, you know, basically a media personality, but you're also a proposal manager. Right. So in your words, like what does side hustling mean to you? And what was your very first side hustle? Um, Side hustling means to me, honestly, I kind of feel as if I divide equal time amongst everything. So I think sometimes Mm -hmm. um, when you say side hustle, like people think it's something, of course, you are kind of doing it on the side, but it's something that you don't put as much um, focus into. So to me, I feel like one, a lot of times people are taught you have to have multiple streams of income. So with mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, whether it be on the side or you have your full time that you're doing and stuff, I think a side hustle, you're still just dedicating um, what you would to a full time. Because eventually I feel like any side hustle should be something you want to transition into full time and uh, right. focus on that. And um, I don't know. What was the latter part of the question? Just so I make sure I answer this. Correctly. What was your first? Yeah. yeah. What was your first side hustle? My first side hustle? I think it would be party promotion. So, um, really? yeah, <laughs> so party promotion. And then also I work with a lot of these different liquor brands, um, as a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. So in college mm-hmm. it was hilarious because 
Well, one, I wasn't really active on campus, but I, um, once I realized like being a brand ambassador, you're getting paid like $50 an hour. I was like, oh yeah, Yeah. see y'all. I don't have time for these (laughs) little college (laughs) antics. Like I'm stacking money. But at that time I was stacking money and I could, I could use it in irresponsible ways because you had no real responsibilities Mm -hmm. in college. But what I had learned from that side hustle and also just with doing parties and stuff is that, um, there is there you did have to develop a business plan while you were doing it so from the outside it looked glamorous and kind of easy but like different logistics went into it um making sure that you actually have people going out that's when I really started learning okay you have to develop press releases you have to um develop social media campaigns and at the time I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that was kind of what I was doing but um as Mm -hmm. time went on and then I just kind of um, really honed into my school, my skills from college. I went to school for business administration and marketing. I kind of combined both of those and that's where, what led me to where I am today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I see how you kind of bridge the gap there, like with the whole background in marketing mm-hmm. and, you know, doing the promotions and all of that. So um, you've talked about like how you're basically in that media personality um, space. Yeah. So can you talk about like, how did you get into that originally? Yeah. So actually it was from the party promotions. I was a part of a group called SNS entertainment um, where we used to throw parties, but uh, we would have a lot of different celebrity guests that would be there. And a lot of times, because I was the person that was developing the press release, I was the person that was kind of really sending those emails out to the different artists to see if they are available. I was able to build a lot of connections in the entertainment industry, especially when it came to the Afrobeat entertainment industry. And so when I decided that I was going to start Raraleigh.com, which is uh, bridging the gap between Western and African entertainment, um, I was able to kind of utilize those connections and be like, hey, remember me? Like, I reached out to you for this, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) Would you, like, be able to do an interview with me? And so from also just kind of back in the day when we would reach out to artists and stuff, Google is literally the best tool out there. Google and the combination Mm -hmm. of LinkedIn. And back in that day, I learned how to reach out to people's managers and publicists. And so I, instead of reaching out to the artists straight up, I would just reach out to the managers, the publicists, any of their like real admin team, because those are the people that really pull the strings and make sure that that person shows up for your interview. So um, from doing that, I was able to really have a strong footing in the entertainment industry. And in America, the Afrobeat industry was kind of a niche that was untouched at that time. So a lot Mm -hmm. of the different American outlets came to me as a source as to, oh, okay, who's the popping artist in um, Africa right now? Who's working on what, blah, blah, blah. And so by building that niche over here in the States, um, I also was able to use as as a way to kind of really get in on the American side of the outlet and start interviewing, Mm -hmm. like, Kevin Hart and Denzel Washington and Taraji P. Henson and people like that. So everything just kind of really started um, going hand in hand and helping on one step to another. That makes sense. And that's actually, I guess, because I'm wondering, um, 
you said that you were, you started off like basically doing that PR and, you know, reaching out to the managers when you were still working with the SNS Entertainment. And so you utilize those connections to now, once you started your own blog, basically say, hey, I'm interested in interviewing you. But it's like, what I'm thinking is like you, like you've mentioned, you've you've interviewed like multiple top celebrities like Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, Jadena, and like other right. people. And the reality is like, you know, most celebrities aren't willing to sit down and talk to just anybody. Right. And so even though you've bridged that gap, my question is like in the very beginning, even working with SNS, how did you build a brand to become that trustworthy right. person that they say, okay, I'm willing to you know, we can bring our, you know, we can bring our um, artists to come and sit down or come attend these events or even sit down and want to talk to you, you know? Right. So I would say one, I am not to do my own horn, but a really good writer. <laughs> so okay. um, a lot of times in the beginning, especially when I was more of a blog, now my blog essentially um, focuses on just doing the celebrity interviews and providing red carpet coverage and then also lifestyle mm-hmm. content. Versus then I was really, really up to date and current with all the events, whether it be the tea, the gossip or anything like that. But one thing that I made sure was that I was always accurate. So I really, really Mm -hmm. researched whatever it was I was talking about, because if I was going to break a story, I had to make sure that the details were accurate. So I didn't just kind of copy and paste from other media outlets. I really went to do the research. I reached out to this person and this person and this source. And of course, um, also keeping um, their anonymous, um, keeping them anonymous essentially really helped um, build trust in the industry as well. But when I approached um, these different outlets, I knew that numbers talk. So I would always say, hey, my media outlet has this amount of page views. I have this loyal audience that um, tunes in every single day. On average, you'll reach this people, this people. And I was giving them different stats, different averages, the different KPIs they wanted to hear. Because at the end of the day, whether mm-hmm. it be the American, out- the American um, industry or uh, the African industry, they want to see how is this advantageous for my client to sit down with you? And so by showing them the different numbers of how I had built a loyal audience, I would send them a media kit with all of that information in it. I would also mention the different people I had interviewed before, how big their fan bases were, how their loyal their audience were. And by showing them those numbers and then also showing, okay, before um, I've interviewed so-and-so, they, it built credibility. And um, at the same time, I was also reaching out. I realized I could reach out to different media outlets and say, hey, I have this exclusive content that could be advantageous for you if you could just credit me when you do share it. And so that also built credibility because now they're saying, okay, she's being featured on ABC. She's being featured on Fox, Shade Room or whatever outlet it may be. So by building those relationships and just really reaching out um, to the different people and then also showing them the stats, it really allowed me to stand aside from some of the other blog online outlets because they realized that I wasn't sending an unprofessional email or a DM. Like I was showing them full on media kits and press kits. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's actually very smart. (laughs) Um, And one of the things, thank you, (laughs) because I think a lot of people, especially in this like day and age, a lot of people are like very quick to just like shoot a D and like, 
just leave it right. at that. But the fact that you were able to come with, okay, these are my stats. This is my history. This is what I've been doing. So here's the reasons why you should be able, you know, why you would want to work with me. Right. I think that makes a world of a difference because you've already basically done the first, you know, the work up front. Yeah. So it's not really too much that needs to be done. And I think that's, um, that's pretty, um, that's pretty smart. Thank so you. I guess um, out of that, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, talking about these are your stats. So for somebody who is new, um, what would you say are some creative ways that you have been able to drive traffic to your site to even build up, you know, to even get yourself building up that viewership? Right. So in the beginning, one thing I would say for sure, especially if you're doing interviews with anyone, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be with a celebrity. I think now people just want to hear a captivating story, whether it be a celebrity, whether you're um, highlighting businesses, whatever your niche may be, making sure that you are sharing a captivating story. Um, and really, one thing that I did in the beginning, I never focused the interview on me. So when I after every single interview that I had, I sent out a press release to one my subscriber list. But then also I researched all these different media outlets. And I found mm -hmm. their emails. Um, and so I put them on a subscriber list too, but they didn't really subscribe, but now they did. <laughs> I put them on a list too. And so whenever I did any interview with anyone, I would find the breaking lines, if you may say clickbait, but it wasn't clickbait because it was true. But um, basically yeah. those, what would stand out about whatever celebrity or whatever thing that I was interviewing or covering about. So at the end, it would be like Nigerian American media personality covered this, but it was led with Tiffany Haddish said she didn't take her shoes off. And okay, yeah. everyone wants to read that. And so yeah, as time went on, I was able to say on the Raw Relay show, blah, blah, and happened. But that's because I had already built that precedent and that relationship. So now that they were familiar with my name. So realizing that you don't always have to one put the focus on yourself, but then um also just and I don't know I hope I'm not going on a tangent but just building those relationships uh throughout the industry uh reaching out mm -hmm. to people going to people's events engaging engaging engagement is so important um mm -hmm. don't get caught up in the followers get, like really really strive to engage if somebody comments on your post comment back within the first 10 to 15 minutes um mm -hmm. to use a tool such as like social listening to just kind of see what are the trending topics that are going on and see how you can appropriately hop into the conversation and just um whenever you are adding your two cents make sure that it is relevant and important and not just some random right. thing but um, just really uh, participating in actively listening to the conversations that are happening in social media and seeing how I could involve myself in it and then engaging with my audience has helped tremendously. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And one of the, <laughs> things, the great things about um, that I really admire about you is I feel like you are pretty clear on what direction you want to walk in. Like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, even though you hit multiple avenues, yeah. I feel like you have a sweet spot in terms of like, you're being very clear on like the marketing and the social media and like just how to do these things. And so one of the things that I've noticed about you is you've been able to partner with various companies like, you know, Merit and um, Bumble and, you know, a couple of other different companies as, yeah. like I said, like a micro influencer and sponsorship in a sense. And so 
how do you decide what companies to partner with and how do you get the companies to say yes we want to partner with her yeah so I just really whenever I'm partnering with any company I want to make sure that my mission aligns with their mission so finding out what their mission is is one the key and most important thing of finding out but then also knowing what I am willing to accept and what I'm not willing to accept. Mm -hmm. And so the other day I had a brand reach out to me and they wanted me to deliver a whole bunch of deliverables and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, at the rate that you're saying, I can't accept that. However, typically for this scope of work, I would do it for like $7,000 or something. And so mm-hmm. they said, so originally they had offered a thousand. And so they mm-hmm. said that they um, would talk to the rest of the team and see what they're going to be able to do. Because for me, I knew it wasn't worth it to me to do it for a thousand dollars. I knew that the right. amount of work that would go into it um, and then just what the return of investment that they would get for me posting and engaging in this campaign for, um, I think it was like two or three months, it would be much mm-hmm. more than that. So we were able to meet at a good medium of like 6,000. So it was like more than medium, but like, I was like, okay, <laughs> we could do this. And so it's knowing what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. And a lot of brands, I think, um, when you are clear on what you are willing to accept, and then you also know the worth of, how you can create a return on investment with them and they are aware that you know about this um, worth, Mm -hmm. they will be more willing to give you what you actually deserve. So I think um, setting those clear expectations for yourself, but also for other brands, making sure that you align with whatever mission that they do have, but researching, researching, researching. It's so funny. Um, I'm in a relationship now, but I think like maybe a year or two ago when I had gotten out of a relationship, I <laughs> one got onto Bumble because I got onto Bumble BFF because I was like, oh my gosh, most of my friends have moved out of the city. I want friends that I can work on like blogging stuff with and just like chill stuff. And so I got onto Bumble BFF, was super active on there. And then um, mm-hmm. after I took a long uh, break from dating, I had gotten onto Bumble dating. And so maybe this is like three years ago now, but um, mm-hmm. I got onto Bumble dating and none of the dates worked out from being on there, but I loved how it was uh, their mission statement that the ball's in your court as a woman and you're able to decide. And I saw different mm-hmm. activations that Bumble had throughout the city. And I was like, I want to work with them. So I literally stalked down um, <laughs> a whole bunch of people that worked on the team, just being on social media, started following them, um, engaging with their content. And when I finally saw that, hey, they're hiring for different positions, I was like, oh, I'm so interested. I had already built that relationship with a lot of the team members already. So when they saw that I was applying, they were already familiar with who I was. And so their application was very vague um, um, because right now I'm actually the DC media manager for Bumble. And so their Mm -hmm. application was very vague, but I was like, this doesn't show them how much I can really do for them. So I sent them after the application I did, which was like five or six questions. I sent them my EPK. I sent them my resume. And I was like, this is what I can do for you. Not only like I can go above and beyond. I have press contacts. I have media contacts. I have a very loyal audience that really engages with what wow. I align with. 
I really think that I could excel in this role and really bring in more followers and a more diverse amount of people that sign up for the base. And so I think it took them like four or five months to decide that girl, I was emailing them at least twice to three times a month, like, Hey, just popping in and seeing what's going on. And so that persistence, like if you're constantly also in somebody's space, um, that can really, really help you secure the deal, even if they may not have originally wanted to work with you on it. But when they know that you're persistent, they'll know that you'll be persistent in basically delivering what they need delivered as well. That's smart. And that makes a lot of sense, especially just kind of being in their space and showing again, you know, you have a, I guess you could say a consistent track of basically being able to show people, this is what I can do for you. Right. and not necessarily just sitting back and saying, well, what do you need? Like, how, how do you want me to help? So, you know, in, I guess for somebody who was interested in, you know, becoming, and I'm just using the word micro influencer. I don't know if you would prefer to identify yourself as that, but you know, for somebody who does say they want to get into the space of, you know, doing brand partnerships essentially with um, companies and such, what would you say are like two of the most important things to consider when working in that industry? Yeah, I think for sure, research whatever brand that you want to work with um, and then start developing content that aligns with them. So so you want to make it easy for people to work with you. So if you're saying, I want to do lifestyle or I want to do kitchen stuff or I would love to work with um, I would love to work with home and lifestyle brands, but you don't have any home and lifestyle content on your page, you have to start developing and creating that content already and putting that out and putting it out on a consistent basis. Brands, for example, like with Bumble, I work with uh, uh, sourcing influencers for them, but then also just uh, building media relations throughout uh, Washington, D.C. And the first thing I look at is, okay, what kind of audience do they have? Do they have high engagement? So most brands, they care a lot more about your engagement than they do your followers. Because one, people mm-hmm. can buy followers. Two, if you're not, you could have a million followers and you only have 20 comments. Clearly, you're not yeah. engaging with your audience. So when you post something for them, you're not going to actually have a good return um, on investment doing that. So people really, really, brands really look at your engagement. So I would say... Research the brands you want to work with, start developing content that is already similar to the content that they have on their page. Um, And then also making sure that you're consistent with your posting. I also would always highly recommend um, engaging with other people that are doing what you would like to do as well, because that also would kind of push you up a little bit higher in the algorithm and then um, just overall help you in the long run. That's dope. I am taking notes for myself. Okay. <laughs> that is amazing. Did y'all hear that? I hope y'all heard that. Okay. <laughs> so let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about your recent um, business that you've mentioned. So you recently launched a new business that focuses on body and hair care and lifestyle. Yeah. And so what can you talk a little bit about what made you decide to create Selfful? Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about more about what it is? Yeah. So from a lifestyle perspective, I think that Selfful really came um, like to my heart because I always had been that person that's kind of like pouring out to so many different people. Um, but I didn't feel as if 
it was being returned, but I also realized it wasn't being returned because I wasn't setting certain standards for myself and I wasn't showing self-love to myself. I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I wasn't putting myself first in any aspect. So that could only really be reflected back into my life if I did it for myself to begin with. So I really started focusing on just self-care, self-love, self-reflection, holding myself accountable for things that I was doing and intentionally deciding like, hey, the way that life is going right now, I don't like it and I want better for myself. And in order to have better for myself, it has to start from within. And from doing that also, the hair care and uh, the body butter started actually because overall I just wanted better and it's like I wasn't taking care of my hair my hair was kind of like stagnant at one point um it wasn't healthy and so for like the last two years I've been researching different ingredients and then working with different trial groups just to see what would work not only for hair growth but really restoring the health to your hair learning about Mm -hmm. how important it is to stimulate your um your scalp so that your hair follicles actually will actually start growing and then also making sure that you're protecting the shaft. So researching different ingredients to do that. I also, my entire life, extremely problematic skin, um, very, very sensitive, always had eczema. And so I really, really can't use most lotions or anything like St. Ives. I can't use a Nivea, Jergens. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff makes me break out. So I started uh, just really researching different types of ingredients to put into a body butter that would be safe for my skin, that would help um, against my eczema flare-ups and my sensitive skin flare-ups. And that was just 100% all natural because once I started messing with like the fragrances or just different chemicals, I noticed that that was horrible for my skin. And yeah. in the beginning, I was just making it for my friends and everything. And then people were like, no, you should like sell these. You should actually like a lot of people could benefit from these. And so right. for the first year or two, it really was on a trial group basis. But then finally, I was like, okay, you're always telling people like, jump, do this, you have to actually <laughs> jump and like just go out there and put out um your brand so I finally did uh it's crazy because it's been like trademark since 2018 but I just really yeah I just been terrified to like release it so finally this year I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna officially release it so um release it this year and I'm just really excited uh have had a positive response I sold out completely in the first two weeks yeah so (laughs) congratulations um, thank you restock now so just really I'm about to roll out uh more marketing uh information and just let everyone know that we are back in stock um and then also just really taking the feedback from everyone who has been using the product and just uh fine-tuning everything to make sure that it really serves everyone who is using it as best as possible that's amazing and I like how you have a story, a background and a story on it because it's been tested on you. Shoot, I actually, complete side note, I personally need something for my hair. So I will be buying part of that as well. Yay, good, good, good. It's important. But, you know, I do appreciate how you have a story. You tested it on yourself. You tested it on your friends. And, you know, so many people always get caught up in that fear phase that you yeah. just mentioned, you know, because it's like, you know that it's going to be beneficial to people. You know you already have people who have told you about, you know, told you about how amazing the product is or the service is. But it's just like, 
fear will just have you crippled and paralyzed and then when you finally launch you realize it's not as bad as it seems like in your case where you sold out in two weeks you know (laughs) so yes I think it's so important to just go ahead and launch you know whatever it is that you're thinking you know about doing because you just never know until you actually do it right but um so One of the things that we keep highlighting here is the fact that you are able to cover multiple arenas. You're a proposal manager, you know, you do your media personality, you have this company self-full. So what does balance look like on a day-to-day basis for you managing multiple businesses? It looks like (laughs) a hecticness. (laughs) Like if I'm being 100% 100 transparent, the amount of times that I feel like I'm about to have a full-blown anxiety attack and the amount of times that I actually do are crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've also realized, so I'm a huge micromanager and I've realized that although I am able to do a lot of things, I need to learn how to allow other people to assist me and kind of take away some of the burden because the thing is, in the beginning, a lot of times you are going to work on everything on your own, but then also realizing like, okay, it's time to step back, like pay someone to do this part of the job. Like just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to keep on doing it. So then that way you can also just really focus on um, certain things and uh, some of like the admin work um, with self. Well, I just hired a social media team to kind of take over that just because I realized I couldn't um, put the amount of time that really was necessary to uh, have a successful social media campaign and social media management and everything. So just really in the beginning, you are going to have to like grind like crazy and you are going to do a lot of different things on your own. Um, Self teach on a lot of different things. Uh, Serve as an intern. I've served served as an intern to several people and just really helping on their campaigns and helping on whatever their projects may be. But I use that opportunity to really learn how to do certain things on my own. Um, But then eventually you will be able to like hire people to do certain things, um, whether it be interns that are stipend paid, unpaid for college credits instead, and then eventually um, paying people to just come on as an official team. But uh, like with being selfful, I realized I needed to step back because uh, a lot of times I would pour so much time into my businesses and not as Mm -hmm. much time into myself. So um, I think when you have a brand called Selfful, you're like, don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> like, right. Take a step back. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's like basically, it's like it's a lot. But I mean, I'm happy yeah. that you're learning the importance right. of, you know, like you said, just stepping back yeah. and delegating, you know, delegating tasks so that you can grow even more. You yeah. Because realistically, we can't do everything. You can. So it makes sense. Yeah. So wrapping up the interview. What do you, what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned being on your entrepreneurial journey? Um, I've learned that consistency is extremely important and perfection is not necessary. So mm. the longer you wait to perfect something for you to release it or um, to just even just take a chance on yourself, the more likely it will become something that is not going to be tangible in the end because you'll eventually talk yourself out of it if you are waiting for it to be 100% perfect so I think those are definitely the two um, biggest relationships and then third I would say um, 
building relationships and building not only building genuine relationships with those that you're surrounded with. You can't do any of this on your own. And it's amazing to surround yourself with like-minded individuals that support you, but most importantly, you support them as well, because you can't expect support if you don't give support. That is profound. <laughs> that we're gonna have to tweet that or something. That is profound. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much. So, if people want to follow you or find you, what are the best ways for them to be able to reach you and keep up with you? Yeah, so I am on every platform as Raro Lay, and that's R A R O L A E, except Twitter, because for some reason someone had taken Raro Lay at some point. So I'm just <laughs> right. I'm the Raro Lay on Twitter. But then um, for Selful, everything is Selful Co., and that's um, Selful with two L's and two F's um, on there. So uh, Selful Co. on all the different platforms. Okay, yeah. perfect. Thank you so much, Raro. I truly appreciate you for being on today's interview. No, thank you so much. And literally, I'm so happy to be a part of this just because I have watched your journey and you have been 100% goals and such an inspiration to me. Oh, thank you. So I'm so serious. <laughs> so like, thank you so much for even asking me to come on here and allowing me to talk about my story. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Side Hustlepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to rate and review the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? To keep up with me outside of the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at the Side Hustle Podcast. Or you can join the Side Hustle family by subscribing to my weekly newsletter at thesidehustlepreneur.com. See you next time.